0: Welcome to the Dunking Project podcast. My name is Zoe and I'm the founder of the Dunking Project. The Dunking Project's purpose is to share the real stories of those who put their faith in Jesus. We hope that through these stories many more people will come to know of God's realness and in turn have their own faith and relationship with Him. And those who already know God will be encouraged and pushed into living a radical life for Jesus. God is so real, God is so good, God is so faithful and God is love. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm hoping that you are all enjoying our podcast episode so far. Please don't forget to follow us on social media at The Dunking Project and subscribe to our podcast and share what we are doing across your social platform as well as we are really trying to reach as many people as possible. Today I am joined by my friend Aaron. I led alongside Aaron in a worldwide mission called Christian Surfers, and in that time I had the pleasure of hearing Aaron preach on multiple occasions. From first-hand experience, I can tell you that Aaron is a weapon of his knowledge for the word, and he carries great reverence for our God. He joins us today to share a bit of his testimony that follows the theme of what he calls the pursuit of pleasure. So welcome Aaron to the Dunking Project Podcast.
1: Thank you so much Zoe, it's an absolute joy to be here.
0: Before we start, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself?
1: For sure. My name is Aaron, as you've said. I'm 21 years old. I'm studying at the University of Sydney, Commerce and Arts. I live in Manly in the Northern Beaches. And that's, yeah, love love the beaches, love Manly, love surfing, and yeah, love the Lord.
0: Cool. And we've titled this testimony, The Pursuit of Pleasure. Do you want to take us through what that looks like in relation to your walk with God?
1: So I think for me, one of the biggest breakthroughs in my Christian walk was realizing that Actually, in Christ, there is far more pleasure than anything this world could ever offer. And the fact that the pleasure that we have through the Lord Jesus isn't just a fleeting pleasure, but it's one that goes on and on and on. And that was a a massive revelation for me. I think before that, I was of the understanding that pleasure is something that people in the world, in other words, ordinary people experience. And Christians are those really boring people who have no fun, no satisfaction, no enjoyment. And so there was a sense in my heart to which I was in church, but I just didn't really want to be there. And so for me, the biggest revelation was being in church is amazing and knowing Jesus is amazing. It's actually more pleasurable than the other things of the world. And so that changed the game completely for me in so many different areas. Growing up, I've been living in Manly for my whole entire life. You're sort of in the epicenter of one of the wealthiest places in the world, one of the safest places in the world. And one of the places in the world that just has so many different pleasures that you can can experience. I love going surfing with my dad. Sometimes I didn't love it, to be honest, because he woke me up really, really early. <laughs> and I totally was not keen. But there were other times when it was two foot, it was clean, and I loved getting out there on the water. And I was really blessed to go to a school that I thought was really good and was really welcoming and loving. And I learned a lot at school, so I went to a private school, and some kids probably would pay me out for that. But... I loved it. In fact, my dad is kind of funny in that he told me that when he was at school and he went to another school that was close to where I went to school, but not the exact school, he would actually terrorize the kids who went to my school because he didn't like them at all. And he would actually chuck their hats off the bus. But he really wanted me to go to this school because he'd been working hard and thought it was good. Anyway, so I was so blessed just to grow up in this great community. and, And I was going to this local church in Manly and was around church people. And that was a really interesting part of my walk, both my parents have become believers, Christians really late. Uh, So they actually became believers when they were 30. And so that was really interesting growing up in that household where my dad had had this crazy encounter with the Lord, but it was over several years. So my dad had gone to India and he'd gone to Bangladesh and he'd gone to all different parts of the world looking for meaning, looking for pleasure, looking for joy. And so he tried lots of different things. He tried trippy drugs. He tried different types of religion. So he tried different Islamic practices, he tried Buddhist meditation, he tried all these different things, just looking for God, essentially. And eventually, he became a believer. And so I was growing up in this household with my my dad, who'd had this experience, and, and my mom, who'd also come to faith, and that was quite an interesting part of my life. But to be honest, when I was quite young, it hadn't really connected with me, what that meant, what those experiences for them had really meant for me. Then when I got a little bit older, I again, was just pursuing pleasure through different things. So at school, I really loved getting amazing marks. I loved being affirmed by my peers. There's just nothing better when you're the man and you've, you've gotten the best mark in a particular test and you've gotten that particular sporting team. And so a large part of my life growing up was just trying to be the popular kid, trying to be the smart kid, essentially just trying to be the person that people liked and also trying to be the person that the teachers who taught me liked. And so i tried to be the teacher's pet, trying to be affirmed by others. That was a huge part of of my upbringing and at times I, re, I did receive pleasure through those different things but at other times i felt empty i didn't get the top of the class or i was a disappointment to my teacher and so that was a really interesting part of my walk going further into my life as i grew up this church thing became a bigger thing so my mom was serving at the local church so i would go down there every sunday with her and i would help out sometimes even at the scripture just being in the corner And again, I sort of understood what was being taught from an intellectual point of view, but it didn't really connect with me personally in my heart. It was sort of something that mum did on the side. And so I was sort of there and interested, but it didn't really make sense to me on an emotional level.
0: But you still believed?
1: I think I always believed there was some kind of God, but I certainly didn't know as to whether God really liked me or was really for me. And so I was really trapped into this religious mindset and that, I knew he was big and that he was potentially holy, but I knew at the same time that I'd stuffed up a lot. And I, I really struggled to reconcile those two things.
0: How did that kind of crossover? There has to be a, a moment or a series of events that led you to mm. going from experiencing the pleasure of the world, which mm. is not fulfilling and essentially leads to death, and then the pleasure of Jesus, which is yes. all fulfilling and leads to life. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So another chapter in my life that was really important in pushing me towards that pleasure in Jesus was when I got into the older years of high school and I started to experience some quite sensational pleasures or pleasures that were really rich and kind of extreme. So the pleasures of sort of going to raves or parties kind of sounds funny to say, but that was a big thing, right? If you got invited to an event, you were stoked, right? And the hope of maybe kissing a girl or just getting some action to be honest that was something that you thought wow this is what life is all about and so that chapter in my life was huge because i realized wow it was like a drug almost just the sensation of going to these different raves and parties in 1911 combined with the fact that in those years i started to dip into different aspects of pornography and that was again was like a current that just brought me in there was lots of satisfaction and pleasure in the moment but it didn't really last but still I wanted more and more and more of it. I think another thing to add to the mix was although I was trying of dipping in the world in terms of the secular pursuits of pleasure, I was also sort of finding these weird pursuits of pleasure within the religious world in that people would look good upon you if you said the right things, if you gave the right answers, they would smile at you and say, good job. And if you came every week to youth group, then youth leaders would like you. And so I was, again, sort of, trapped in this sort of uh, religious mindset that was really holding me back to true relationship with Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I was, I was in the church world, I was coming to church on Sundays, but I just really didn't understand or didn't comprehend the fact that I was experiencing this pleasure in the world. So what's the point of going to church if the stuff in the world is so good? What's the point of you know, doing the right things for God if it's going to be sucky and yeah. it's not going to be joyful and enjoyable?
0: Which to me is a huge lie. God is he's all pleasurable, you know, in a different way.
1: I think for me, the big thing was I needed to go down to go up, yeah. so I needed to completely exploit all the world had to offer to mm-hmm. realize that it wasn't gonna satisfy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I remember two key moments. So one key moment was just going to this party and thinking it was gonna be the party, it was gonna be the best one. It was party in Mossman, really rich house, lots of different people there. Some beautiful girls were there, and I thought, this is going to be it. And I remember the next morning after thinking, oh, that's it. And there's not much more to it. And I remember thinking, wow, well, okay, is that really it? And I thought that was going to be one of the best experiences. Another key experience was in the realm of pornography, just, just really trying to get as much as I could from it, but not really feeling satisfied. And I remember one moment in particular in the back room of my house, just having failed and watched it again just being on my knees and being in this place of absolute desperation before God just saying God please like help me like I'm addicted to this thing because it's so good so if you are good would you actually reveal yourself because right now I'm actually getting so much joy and pleasure through this thing and so that was a huge moment for me just realizing that that thing wasn't going to satisfy the way it was promising to so after sort of being on my knees and sort of bawling in tears and all that I remember sitting on the couch and whipping up my phone and whipping up a sermon by this American preacher called John Piper. And it was a sermon on pleasure. And it was talking about the fact that we can receive deep and lasting pleasure through Jesus. And that idea was radical for me. I'd never heard it before. I'd been in church. I'd been doing religious things. But I never actually was taught that in Jesus there's greater pleasure than the world. Offers. And for me, that was a game changer and, and redirected my life forever. And so from that point on, I started to actually try and explore the pleasure of, of knowing Jesus and having relationship with him and not just trying to do the right things to please him because that's what I was doing in many ways in church. I was trying to come along to church heaps, heaps. I was trying to have the right answers and all that to try and gain God's pleasure, but not really achieving it at all. And so what I realized was it wasn't about obedience, wasn't about, not that obedience isn't important, but it's not about you know trying to earn your way to God's favor, but it was just about receiving the relationship that he wanted me to have with him.
0: And so what does true relationship with Jesus look like then?
1: So for me, true relationship firstly, with Jesus firstly it looks like knowing that you are forgiven by the blood of the Lord Jesus and knowing that he's died for you and that because of that you're actually able to come to him with confidence that he's going to accept you. And so what religion says is you need to do enough things, you need to obey hard enough to be accepted, but the gospel and relationship with Jesus says that he's done it for you. And so the, part, the first part of true relationship is just knowing you're forgiven, knowing you're in that relationship because of what he's done. And for me, that was huge. And then the second big part of it was just knowing that you don't just become into one in a relationship and then it ends, but there's just greater depths that relationship to explore there's more intimacy to be had Mm -hmm. there's more joy to be had there's more pleasure to be had in knowing jesus it's not just you know him and then that's it because that's what the religious world was sort of saying you sort of do the right things and that's it and that's one part of your life compartmentalized done whereas relationship with jesus is an ongoing experience of of joy and of, of deep lasting pleasure in a real person not just this theological idea but a real person who existed and who was sustaining the world and who loves us and has died for us.
0: So, what does your relationship with Jesus then practically look like? Going into that joy, into that that everlasting pleasure. What mm. does that actually look like for you? Because yeah, you know, you, you hear a lot of people go, "Yeah, I just I love Jesus. I just live in so much joy with Jesus." But mm. I want to know what, just for people who don't understand and who are looking out, going, "Yeah, that's all well and good," if you know, to mm. see that and say that. But I'm not. I don't know how to get myself there. What does it actually look like?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For you. A bunch of different things I could say about that. The first thing I would say is, there's this book in the Old Testament called Psalms. And in the Psalms, Psalm 16, it talks about how in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And so I think one thing that's really important in terms of relationship with Jesus, understanding that in his presence, like with him, there is great and deep and lasting joy. And when I say in his presence, I pretty much just mean where he is, and as believers, we believe that we are filled with the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus. And so his presence actually comes into us. Mm-hmm. And so that's an important part of joy in, in our relationship. It's actually abiding in him and letting the Holy Spirit flow within you. Yeah. And practically what that looks like is just spending time with him, like you would spend time with a friend at a restaurant or going with a friend to do go for a surf. We want As Christians, we believe, me in particular, I just love spending time with a lot and just shutting the door to my room and, and getting into the Word, hearing Him speak, and just communing in a place of intimacy.
0: And when you say hear Him speak, hmm. what does that mean? Yeah, say?
1: correct question. So when I mean hearing Him speak, just, I mean the way that He speaks by the Holy Spirit, through the Word, through the Bible, mm-hmm. but also just directly through the Holy Spirit
0: yeah, to me. Yeah, in, into you. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. your heart. Yeah. That's okay. what I am Yeah. You've come from that religious appeasement to this free man to, you know, Mm. have a relationship with the Lord without Mm. those things holding you into bondage, I guess. Mm. What does that look like now for your life?
1: Mm. Mm. It means so many things. So on a practical level, it means that I can still go to university, surf, have fun with my friends. It's not as though I'm advocating for this type of faith where you sort of live in this spiritual land of joy and peace and Holy Spirit and not actually practically on the ground Mm -hmm. because God has created the creation to be a good thing. And so I love surfing, I love studying. But what it does mean is I know that these gifts, they point towards a person, the person of Jesus. And it means that I can enjoy the gifts, but know that they're not an end in and of themselves. But actually they're, in a way, they're sort of singing a tune of the Lord Jesus and his glory. And so I can go out and surf and enjoy that. But at the same time, know that ultimately it's about knowing the person of Jesus. So that's a big thing for me, just knowing how to, enjoy creation in my own christian walk but also it also means knowing how to love others i think so knowing how to love my friends knowing how to love my parents my girlfriend the the message of jesus and the person of jesus radically transforms those relationships the secular world might say you need to love people but there's no basis for that whereas as christians we have this this basis for loving others because Jesus loved us, we love others. Mm -hmm. Whereas every other underpinning of of the sort of secular moral code just isn't as strong as what we have. So there's two broad areas, but there could be so many more. So it's so hard to stick to a couple.
0: Well, let's talk about someone might be listening right now who is kind of in that space of, okay, I'm experiencing the pleasure of the world or even i'm experiencing the pleasure of of my faith and i'm just Mm. you know trying to you know appease people and and be the best i can be and living almost by that works doctrine as you were talking Mm. about how what would advice would you give them how to actually cross over into living in the abundant pleasure of jesus
1: Mm. Mm. such an important thing to do for me i know that one of the most important things is just knowing the way that I slide, the way that I naturally default. So I know for me, as someone who's grown up in church or been around church a fair bit, I know that my default is to slide into that religious-based mentality. So I think that's the first thing, just knowing the, which direction do you slide. Do you slide towards just running away from God or do you just slide towards trying to sort of fight your way to Him when you feel like you're in a bad place? So that's the first thing. The second thing I would just say is, just living and breathing the gospel every day. So waking up and remembering that the blood of Jesus has washed you of all your sins, remembering that God is for us and not against us because of the cross. Those things, I think, are just so, so important. And yes, we will stumble, and yes, we will fall short, but God's grace is continually covering us. And so I think that's so important for the person who's inclined towards religion, remembering grace and remembering that grace is the foundation of our obedience. So I'm not saying we shouldn't obey God or His word. that's silly and stupid. But the important thing is remembering is that the cross, what Jesus has done for us is the basis for that. Yep. and nothing else.
0: We talk about living by grace and, and making sure we've got grace, but what about
1: repentance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gr- repentance is a huge part of my walk as well. I'm not saying repentance isn't important, but what I'm saying is that grace is the foundation for repentance. So if you don't have grace as your foundation, you might be repenting, but you probably might not be repenting actually from your sins. You might just be repenting in a sort of self-loathing manner, where you're sort of hating yourself, not actually hating your sin. And so I think true repentance involves turning back to a person, not just turning back to rules. Mm -hmm. And so you might be really hating yourself. You know, Martin Luther, Christian years ago, before he understood grace, he actually laid on his bed with nails on it because he wanted to earn merit before God. He was really sorry for what he's done. So he thought, if I do that, then maybe God will think, oh, you know, you're forgiven. Yeah. But now we can realize, actually, no, God has forgiven us by his son through through his blood. And so we can, in light of that, repent and, and turn back to what he's done on the cross. That's something that we need to do a lot.
0: What do you say to people who are in pleasure of the world or in mm. pleasure of religion and they enjoy it?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is pleasure is a good thing. It's a yeah. gift from God. Some yeah. Christians, I think, oh, pleasure, it's its horrible. We can't be happy. We can't have joy.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's the first thing to say. And when you do experience pleasure, say when someone who's a friend gives you a slap on the back or when you have a beer and you enjoy it, those things aren't bad things, but they can become bad when we actually worship them or when we treat them more important than the person who actually made those pleasures Mm -hmm. and so actually I would say to those people hey those pleasures are good but do you know who the pleasure maker is
0: yeah and there are obviously some pleasures that aren't good
1: yeah there are are pleasures that go beyond what God's good design is for creation and for the world so the person who's trafficking children and says I take pleasure in that that's obviously uh, completely abhorrent and is not a pleasure that god has designed and that just shows that people can thwart good pleasures say the gift of sex into things that are completely against his design so yes there are definitely evil pleasures but pleasure in of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing
0: how do you find that line
1: well there's nothing clearer except the word of god right and the word is pretty clear in explaining what things are good and what things aren't good and so just yeah, I would say the Word, the word of God. I read your Bibles.
0: What does that look like then? Because for me, I go, that's so cool mm. that you get that relationship with Jesus. Mm. And I can imagine someone maybe listening to this who is either in that works position trying to work the way to God mm. or is in the world position and going, yeah, this pleasure stuff in, of the world actually sucks and it's not actually fulfilling me. How did that crossover practically for you? What changed? I think one I of the,
1: the biggest places for me in terms of change was actually realizing that in terms of relationship with God, a big part of what that meant was actually being with God and actually slowing down and spending time to commune with him. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, you know, when you hang out with a friend, you might go and go for a surf or go catch up for a bit. You just do something with them, right? But in the church world, often we sort of neglect actually doing that, actually going out and spending time with the person of Jesus. And so for me, that was huge. So... I started to close my door and actually intentionally read my Bible and actually just get on my face before the Lord and just cry out just for intimacy and relationship.
0: And what did that feel like, that intimacy and relationship?
1: Oh, it's indescribable. The Bible talks about it as an indescribable joy. And the Bible talks about how though we don't see him, we love him. That's what I really experienced. I experienced this real outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, in the way that I didn't know the Lord Jesus before, but I started to really know him. And it wasn't just this idea in my head, but it was this, this person. And it was this reality in my heart. And that was changing the game forever. The fact that knowing him was a, a real deal. It wasn't just this thing that you, you studied at school or studied at church.
0: You know, having a friend, you, know, you talk to a friend, you hear from a friend. Mm. So how do you hear from God mm. in mm. those moments? And how do you commune with him Yeah, you know, when you're talking to something that essentially is invisible?
1: Yeah. So for me, as I said, reading the Bible, reading the Word of God was a key way in terms of listening to God and listening to him speak and, and reading about the gospel, the fact that Jesus had died for me, and the fact that by the blood of Jesus I'm forgiven. So all these truths, reading the Scripture in the Bible was really important for me in terms of hearing him. But I wasn't going to hear him unless the Holy Spirit actually opened those truths up to my heart. Mm-hmm. And so that was the key thing for me. The Holy Spirit in that time was actually moving through the Word of God so I could understand it. Mm-hmm. And so as I closed the door and spent time with him, that was a key part of my walk. And also to that, I started going to this weekly worship gathering. And when I say worship, I essentially mean the place where people hang out and, and pray and, and sing and it was a really profound time for me. It was a really cool house in Curly. It was just, the, the beach was just next to it, and there were all these real cool surfy people here. And I thought, wow, this is a cool community. And rocked up, and I was singing with these people and praying with them. And I think in that space, that was also a really key place where I started to really encounter the Lord Jesus as a person, and just really experience the pleasure of knowing Him, and the pleasure of relationship with Him, I realized that that pleasure is just far, far greater than the fleeting pleasures of the world and the fleeting pleasures of, of parties and, and pornography. And so, in a sense, I got captured by a new drug, <laughs> the person of Jesus. And that, that was absolutely revolutionary for me and for my walk. And it didn't mean that I stopped surfing and it didn't mean that I stopped going to school and studying. Of course, I did those things. But it meant that I understood that those pleasures point towards a pleasure maker who designed those things. And so actually enjoying pleasure with the person of Jesus and that that, that relationship with him was was a game-changer compared to just worshipping the pleasures that God had made without acknowledging him. The pleasures that God has designed in this world are good pleasures. They're not bad things. So, for example, it's a good thing to enjoy a nice steak when you eat it with your friends. That's a nice thing. Vegan's and also, it's, <laughs> Well, <laughs> if you're vegan, agree. maybe not. It's a good thing to enjoy the sensation of catching an amazing wave. Those are good things, right? But I think the thing I realized is that those pleasures, they actually point towards someone who's designed them. And so if I try and find satisfaction in them alone, then it's always going to leave me empty. So I think that the major thing that changed was being able to enjoy those pleasures but realise that they point me to the person of Jesus and being thankful for them but not worshiping them. Yeah. And so that that was a huge part of of growing my walk. So it was it's almost two for one. Yeah. Sometimes people think, oh Christians they're such boring people, they have no fun. But the reality is we get to enjoy all the pleasures of God's creation. The good pleasures. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, not the ones that are broken. We get to enjoy all those good pleasures but then also relationship with the person who created those pleasures. So I, I honestly can't think of anything better to, to experience and to be a part of. The world might say, oh, but, you know, so-and-so or the different pleasures of the world are good in and of themselves. And I say, sure, but what about the person who created them? So the fact that we get both, I think is just epic.
0: It's like having an artwork, <laughs> right? You know, an artwork is an artwork, but then when you know the artist, one of my best friends creates ceramics and mm. I've got a couple of her ceramics at my house and, you know, on their own they're amazing ceramics but knowing the person that made them makes Mm -hmm. them even more special
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure and I entirely agree and I love that analogy and yeah the the, the designer is not just someone that we cannot know but he's someone that we can personally know and I think that's huge so yeah I really agree with you on that point
0: do you have any wisdom to share for people Mm. who are seeking the pleasure of God
1: Mm. yeah Um, yeah I think the first thing to say is that God has pleasure in us through Jesus, first and foremost, and that's a radical idea, the fact that although we've been rebellious and although there are times when we've done stuff that God doesn't hasn't liked, the fact is that now, because of what Jesus done on the cross, he actually delights in us and takes pleasure in us. And so the basis of any pleasure in God is realizing that he's having pleasure in us, which is just crazy when you think about it, when I think about my childhood and not really knowing God's for me the fact that I can now know that He is for me and He does take pleasure in me is, is radical so knowing that is really important as a foundation and then on top of that I would just say as I said earlier there's the importance of commun- communing with the Lord Jesus in other words just being with Him and enjoying all that He has for us because the reality is that through Jesus there's so many different benefits that we have through Him it's not just this idea but he's a real person and associated with the person of Jesus is his, his presence his forgiveness his love his joy his peace all these different things that we crave in the world we get through him as a person and so I would say in terms of if you want to pursue pleasure in, in the Lord more pick an area in your life where you're really struggling so it might be peace you just got a lot, lot of anxiety because of COVID right now and got a lot of uncertainty well why not take that to the Lord? in his presence or shut the door in other words and just be with him and then ask him to give his peace upon you and ask him for the peace that transcends all understanding to be upon you because we know that that peace comes through jesus and so that's probably one piece of advice i would i would give pick one area and then pursue that in the lord jesus and just see what happens might get surprised
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's really good Before we wrap this up, is there anything else you want to talk about or Hmm. say?
1: I do want to say that God has done something absolutely outrageous through the cross of Christ. So Christians talk about the cross. It's a real event that happened in history, right? The fact that Jesus, a person who is fully God, fully man, was nailed to the cross for our sins. And the fact that that happened changes the game forever. And the only reason we can talk about pleasure is because of the cross. And so I just want to say, let's, as Christians and or as people who aren't sure about the faith, let's look at the, the cross and see what God has done f- through that. And then in light of that, actually think about the way that we can experience true and lasting pleasure through the cross and through what Jesus has done. Because if he hadn't died for us and forgiven us, then we wouldn't have access to his presence. We wouldn't have access to his joy, to his peace. We'd be separated from God. But now, because of the cross, God has made a way for us to come back into relationship with him and to experience the the true and everlasting pleasure in himself.
0: And that's no matter where we're at in
1: life. No matter where we're at, no matter what we've done, no matter how much we've stuffed up, no matter how much we've tried to earn his salvation, we don't need to do any of that. All we need to do is just turn to him in faith and just say, Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. Turn away from what you've done wrong. But ultimately, it's to, to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be truly and utterly satisfied in you and in your person and not just in the gifts that you've made, but in you.
0: Before we finish this, do you want to pray over us as we take yeah. take this to a close? For sure,
1: for sure. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the cross. We thank you that you are for us and not against us because of the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you did send your son to die for us and we just rejoice in that truth. We we'll thank you that because of that, we can experience pleasures forevermore in the Lord Jesus. And so I just pray, God, for all of the people listening to this, I just pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to them, continue to show them that in you, there is great and everlasting pleasure. And so, Lord, for those people who are just chasing after things that do not satisfy, I just pray, Lord, that you would just take them out of that pit and instead show them how good you are. And so I just pray, Lord, that many, many people who are listening right now would taste and see even further that the Lord is good. He is deep and lasting And there's just great satisfaction to find in you. And so we just pray, Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us, upon all of us, that we would encounter you more. And I pray this in the power of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thanks for coming on our (laughs) our podcast, Aaron. You're
1: welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure.
0: (laughs) No pun intended. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up now, but we'll be back next week with another podcast. Bless you guys.